Hey guys, what's up? I'm Alex. And I'm Chance. And this is the third episode of the 52 Sundays podcast. So today we're going to talk about, well actually it's a, it's a mini-series that we want to start and since it's kind of around the time of Halloween, we decided to uh, kind of talk about a murder. I mean, it's not a mystery anymore. Yeah, um, no. It's just a murder um, and it's trending right now with the whole Chris what? What is his name? Chris Watts. So Chris Watts. yeah, we'll be, I want to like just kind of go into the Chris Watts thing because I know that um, there's been a new Netflix documentary and there's been some YouTubers that's covered it. Um, and I just kind of want to give like our take on the situation. Um, so, and I'm like super into true crime and I'm into like murder mysteries and all that kind of stuff. So I think it'd be super fun to like go on a journey with you guys and you know, all that stuff, but, um, anything new? I mean, no, but I was also gonna say, uh, I'm not really into the big whole murder scene, so Alex is, so kind of as we're going through it, I don't really know what to expect. I haven't seen the whole entire, um, documentary. I know a little bit about it, but, um, I'm kind of, you know, hearing about it for the first time, just because Alex knows most of it, so we'll kind of play off of each other and, and kind of see what happens. Yeah. Well, I had first heard about this situation. This happened in 2018. And I had first heard about this situation from another podcaster that I listened to. Well, podcasters. Um, the Brohio podcast. And those guys are super funny. Um, but they covered it. And, um, you know, they really paint this Chris Watts, even though he deserves to burn in the depths of hell. Um, they paint him as like this really terrible dad and you know it's crazy to see all these different perspectives from all these different people who have researched the situation so um, I'm just gonna kind of dive right into um, the background and all that and then if Chance has any questions or whatever or wants to interject he is gonna do that and then you know we might get off on a bunny trail but that's okay so, Chris Watts and Shanann Catherine Watts, they were from North Carolina. They met in 2010, and um, according to online records, they got married in 2012. They had two dollars, Bella. Two dollars. Two daughters. Two dollars and two dollars. Well, they did file for bankruptcy in 2015, but mm. I think that, that that starts the whole um, multi-level marketing thing for her. But they had two daughters. Um, Bella Marie Watts, and she was born in 2013, and Celeste, they call her Cece, um, she was born in 2015. They lived in a five-bedroom home in Frederick, Colorado, which is where the murders took place, and they declared ba- bankruptcy in 2015. There's not a whole lot of information on that, but um, Chris was employed with a um, petroleum company, and that actually goes into like where how he knew where to like quote unquote bury the girls but i mean did he have that job before they declared bankruptcy i'm not sure I, i'm not sure let's see what this says just because i mean that's not normally a lot it just of says they struggled with finances it didn't uh, really maybe, go in, maybe, well, into then maybe he had it before um or maybe he had that job after the bankruptcy because normally with that type of job you should be making good money yeah so. well i mean um they bought the house in 2013 and then they declared bankruptcy in 2015 so um, that's weird that they were able to keep their house. I feel like, isn't that like a thing if you declare bankruptcy? No, no, I don't, I don't know the terms of the whole bankruptcy thing, but no, you can declare it. You just, I, I think what it is, is 
you lose all your debt or something. I don't know. I mean, we're fortunate enough that we haven't had to. Yeah, I would hope that we don't have to ever no, worry about so that. Hopefully, but... in a more intense situation, uh, yeah, we won't have to ever figure that out. But yeah, so um, Chris worked for a petroleum company, and Shanann, she was an independent represent representative of that. Um, I actually know a few people that still do it, but it's the multi-level marketing company called Thrive. So they like have the patches and they do the weight loss shakes and the meal plans and all that stuff. Um, And I've heard great things from it. I'm sure people have success with all of those things, but I just have a really hard time spending my money on stuff like that. But um, she was actually 15 weeks pregnant when Chris murdered her um, and they, it was a little boy who they named Nico, and um, she was actually planning on going to, to the day that she was declared missing. She actually had an OB appointment, so um, that's sad. But um, they actually, Shanann went on a, a business trip with her friend um, Nicole. She was also Nicole with a K. The there's two Nicoles in this situation, so there's a good Nicole and there's a bad Nicole. And Nicole Atkinson um, did this project or the multi-level marketing thrive thing with Shanann and they got home from a business trip from Arizona at like 2 a.m. on August 13th 2018 and Nicole dropped her off and you can see it on her ring camera her getting up to the door and you know unlocking it whatever and um later that day Shanann and the girls were reported missing by Nicole who she she became concerned when she missed a scheduled OB appointment and she didn't text her back after many attempts. Um, she missed a business meeting as well. And um, when that happened, she was like, okay, yeah, there's something wrong because she loves this company so much. Like, there's, if you've watched the documentary, you can tell how devoted she is to this. Like, people have found out so much about her family and honestly painted a picture of Shanann being this, like, oh, she doesn't care about her family, she's too worried about social media, and blah, blah, blah. No, she's just really transparent, and I applaud her for that, because she wants people to become interested in her life, and she really put everything out there. But, um, she missed a business meeting. She, um, the Nicole Atkinson, the good Nicole, went to the Watts' house at about 12, 10 p.m., and the, she knocked and rang the doorbell and all that, and it, she didn't, the, Chris didn't answer, and... Or no one answered, you know. I think. Well, I no one answered, yeah, yeah no but, answered. I, I mean, knowing what we know now, Chris didn't answer. Right. Um, and so she she called Chris, thinking, oh, you know, something's wrong with Shanann, something, where's the girls, blah, 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 and he was at work, and then she also called the Frederick Police Department, and then an officer arrived to conduct a welfare check about 1.40, then Chris got home, talked with the officer, and discussed ways to locate the, his missing family. Um, which, if you've seen the news video of him talking to the camera, it is, like, bone-chilling how much he doesn't have, like, any kind of remorse or, like, he has a smile on his face and he's like, I just really, like, I really hope they come home soon. And he has a smile on his face when he says it. And it's just like, if that was my, if those were my kids and my husband, like, I would be not, I, would, I wouldn't even be able to make myself able to talk on TV screen. Um, 
So anyway, during the welfare check, he gave the police officer permission to search the house, and there was no sign of Shanann or the girls. The search discovered her purse containing her phone and keys, which Nicole Atkinson was like, that's really weird. Like, she goes nowhere without her phone, especially considering her entire career was based on, you know, social media and her phone. Um, Her car, which still contained the girls' car seats, was in the garage, and her wedding ring was found on the master bed. Um, The FBI and the CBI, the Colorado Bureau of Investigation, joined the investigation the next day, August 14th. Chris initially told police that he had no idea where Shanann or the girls might be and hadn't hadn't seen his wife since 5.15 of the 13th when he left for work. So that was the day that she got home from her um, business trip. She got home at 2 a.m. and the last time he saw her was allegedly 5.15 a.m. He gave interviews to the Denver stations outside the house pleading for their return. Investigators with cadaver and search dogs could be heard on the property during the interview. And I'm guessing they didn't find anything. Because, I mean... Yeah, no, I mean... Well, later in the the deal, don't they figure out that, I mean, he took everything with him pretty much when he went to bury... Oh, that's right, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, Shanann gets home... On in the wee hours of the morning of the 13th. She's declared missing on the 14th, and then actually Chris was arrested on the 15th. So in between that time, investigators were like, you know, this kind of sounds fishy. So they brought Chris in for questioning, and he's like pleading and begging like, oh, I didn't do it, I didn't do it. I have no idea where they're at. And he was like, I'll take a polygraph test. And they asked him to take a polygraph test, and he, of course, complied because he wanted to, you know, show his innocence. And he failed it, like, miserably failed it. So the investigators come back into the room, and they're like, I don't even have to tell you that you failed the polygraph test. Like, you know you did. So um, he was arrested late that evening, and he subsequently confessed to killing Shanann. Um, He didn't, at first, he didn't confess to killing the girls because he said that Shanann did it, and that's why he killed her. Um, And that she had strangled the girls in response to his request for separation. Which, if you, like, really get down into the nitty-gritty of this, she actually goes back to North Carolina for six weeks before this happens and, like, has a quote-unquote vacation with the girls. And during all of this, Chris had been having an affair with the other Nicole, the bad Nicole. And what I hate so much is this documentary paints the bad Nicole... As Nicole Kessinger, this is this is her name, Nicole Kessinger. She paint they paint her as this like innocent bystander. Well, that's not the case. Like Bailey Sarian, some of my she's on she does the makeup murder and mystery thing. And Chance and I sometimes sit around and watch those because they're pretty pretty interesting to watch. But she does an episode on this, and she actually got access to like text message records and all kinds of stuff like google search records and like this girl was looking up wedding dresses how to marry a married man um when to say i love you and um how much no it was what to do with a dead body yeah i'm just kidding no actually i think it was like how do you get rid of a dead body it was crazy stuff like how are you implicating yourself like that? Oh, how to delete text messages off yeah, of the that phone. Was it. Yeah, it was that and, um, which no, the documentary never said any of this. And it pisses me off because p- 
people probably think like, oh, this girl had no idea what she was getting into. No, this bitch knew everything. Yeah. Well, one thing about the documentary though I liked is they they show you the cop footage, like the, oh, the body yeah. cams. Yeah. So you need to do both. You need to listen to um, her in depth. Um, the Bailey Syrian ba- episode. Yeah, in depth podcast or no? It's, it's, it's a, just it's a YouTube a, video, yeah. right? And then also the documentary because you get, you know, it meshes and that's the be- the, bo- the best way that you can get, you know, the information. Yeah. So that's why I was like so aggravated because I'm sure people are like, because it's blowing up all over Facebook. This story is blowing up all over Facebook about how Chris Watts, was, Chris Watts was such a bad guy. And personally, I think that as a person that's already A, being part of destroying a relationship... B, being, knowing that your lover is going to kill his wife and kids. Like, he had been planning it. And so, anyway, so she had, you know, all these records on her, um, on her computer. But what I think is the most damning to me was that she, what was her name? Um. Which one? The, so there was a murder that happened some of you might know what I'm talking about. It was the Scott Peterson case, and he he murdered his wife that was pregnant, eight months pregnant. And she, Nicole Kessinger, actually looked up how much money Scott Peterson's mistress got in a book deal. And to me, I feel like she was looking for the the drama and the attention of the news and all that stuff. Like, she wanted to get money from a book deal, and she wanted to be part of this. And I think that... That alone makes, like, turns me off of the whole situation. Like, shame on you because you wanted to be a part of this. You wanted to get the attention and you wanted to get paid for it. And people will do almost anything for money, even if it's part of a murder, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, Chris confesses to his dad who um, was sitting to the, in the interrogation room with him and they got it on camera. So, obviously, you know, that was a good, good thing on the investigator's part. But, anyway... Um, he said that he had requested for separation and Shanann strangled the girls in response of that. And then he transported the bodies to a remote oil storage site where he worked. Um, they located the bodies of the family on the property of his former employer, the petroleum company, on August 16th. He was fired on August 15th, the day of his arrest, and the girls' bodies were found hidden in oil tanks. Shanann was buried in a shallow grave nearby. On August 21st, Watts was charged with five counts of first-degree murder, including an additional one count per child cited as death of a child who had not yet attained 12 years of age, and the defendant was in a position of trust. Unlawful termination of a pregnancy and three counts of tampering with a deceased human body. So, Chris's lawyer actually went on a Dr. Phil episode, and he claimed that Watts confessed to killing Shanann after an argument regarding divorce, and that goes a little bit in more in-depth in the, um, he actually writes a letter to, I'm assuming, his lawyer or something like that, um, and that just recently came out the other day, and it goes into very, very detailed about how he killed Shanann and both of the girls, but, um, during while he was strangling i'm assuming shanann in their bedroom um bella walked in their oldest daughter and he told her that shanann was sick he loaded shanann's body and the girls without their car seats into the back seat of his work truck which you can see him do from hit their neighbors like security system which is really freaky 
And um, later he smothered them one after the other with a blanket that he had in the truck. So, um, first of all. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, I don't even know. Before I was even a parent, I don't even know how you could even think about doing that. Mm-hmm. And second of all, he tells his oldest daughter that she's sick, right? And then they load her up. And first, what are going through these little girls' minds that their mom's not sitting in the front seat? Or she's just laying wrapped in a sheet on the floor, the bed of the truck. Like, and then, so, you know, he goes and buries Shanann or whatever. And then he's like, oh, I gotta get rid of the girls, I guess. So he takes them up there, and he gets rid of Cece first. There, the he takes them up to the um, oil site, the, the petroleum, the the big oil tanks, right? Mm-hmm. And these oil tanks only have an eight inch opening. And if you're looking at like what was she? She was born in 2015, the youngest one. So she was three at the time, trying to fit through an eight inch hole. So he smothers Cece and then right before he this breaks my heart just thinking about it but right before he like smothers Bella she looks at him and says daddy no like she knew what he was about to be doing at five years old she knew what her dad was about to do do to her and that is absolutely mortifying to me oh yeah I mean I just you can't even comprehend like, it. Like you're a monster. Like would you not? Would that. you not think like if your daughter is like sitting there looking up at you and saying, "Daddy, no," right as you're going to like, do you not have any like sad bone in your body? Like I should not be doing this. Like what in the actual hell is my question? That's mental. And all of this basically for a girl. I mean, that's how I see it. He's he's doing this only because of Nicole Kessinger, and. Here she sits on this documentary being painted as, oh, I'm so innocent. Like, I had no no problem, you know. I had no idea any of this was going on. So, um, anyway, he pleaded guilty to the murders on November 6th. And the death penalty was not put forward by the district attorney because Shanann's family didn't wish for any further deaths. Which I thought that was really big on their part. And I believe that he needs to suffer. Yeah, the longer. Like, yeah. he does not need to, like get the easy way out i feel like but he needs to sit in jail and he needs to get all the and i can guarantee you nobody's given him any mercy in there no i mean i guarantee you i mean if especially the stories you know turned out he's probably gotten close to death already oh yeah and all that stuff yeah so he altogether got you know three consecutive two concurrent without the possibility of parole life sentences or Five, yeah, five life sentences, three consecutive, two concurrent. And then he received an an extra 48 years for the unlawful termination of Shanann's pregnancy and 36 years for three charges of tampering with a deceased body. So, basically, he's going to be dust in there. But Oh, for sure. For yeah. Sure. And then, so on December 3rd, 2018, he was moved to an out-of-state location due to security concerns. Security concerns. Mm-hmm. Basically, he's getting too much attention in here, and no, he needs to like the all these other jailbirds that are gonna sit here and beat him up for murdering his wife and unborn baby and two girls. Like, that is not okay. So, um, yeah, I think the biggest thing for me on this whole situation is how innocent Nicole was painted. 
and the good Nicole. And then also, we all need a friend like Nicole Atkinson. The friend that, you know, said, you know, there's something up. She doesn't have her phone. She's not texting me back. And, you know, you just need to watch the the documentary and watch the Bailey Syrian episode and listen to the Brohio episode. Like, they all have different information in all of them, even though I just like to become as informed as I can on situations like this. And it absolutely, like, if you ever... <laughs> no. I will not. literally haunt you. There's not even a question about it. But anyway, that is, we, our baby's crying in the other room. So that is the end of our very first mini series for the true crime. Um, so if y'all have any requests, please sh- don't hesitate to let us know because we kind of had a problem with trying to find an episode this week. So, um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So we'll see you next Sunday and have a good weekend. Okay. Bye.